Have you ever met one of those people who just can't be stopped? It's like they're unstoppable. Yeah, I have. Me too. What's their mystique? Nothing stops these people. Welcome to Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso. You're about to meet some of the most amazing people. They've accomplished their goals despite insurmountable odds. They beat adversity, physical hardship, and traumatic events, and emerge triumphantly. They're people just like you and me, and they're winners. Are you unstoppable? Here's Frankie to show you how. Well, hello there, and welcome to Mission Unstoppable, and today we truly have an unstoppable guest. (laughs) You are going to meet the most incredible woman who is on a mission to impact one million lives. She made history saving a billion-dollar industry, defeating two different types of cancers, became a six-time author, three-time international bestseller, and she's included with the likes of world-leading visionaries Deepak Chopra and Jim Stovall. She comes to us from down under, and it's only 6 a.m., so give her lots of grace. She has many titles. She's mission mentor, visionary thought leader, and strategist, transformation trainer, and author. And she is the go-to speaker for change makers, social entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, visionary corporations, sustainable industry associations, and campaigners for a better world. Please meet my friend, Nicola Grace. Hi, Nikki. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. In the world, exactly. Yeah. Look at this. What a trooper you are. I'm so pleased that you're here today. Wow. How amazing are you? I'm just going to breathe that in. <laughs> yeah, breathe it in. Breathe it out. <laughs> One million lives. One more time. Here we go. You are on a mission. What's your mission? This, this million lives you want to impact. Well, um, my life mission is really about bringing about the conditions that are going to bring peace on earth. And the way I do that is through helping people um, get sustainable businesses that are doing social good in the world off the ground. The Impact One Million Lives is really all about uh, giving and receiving in a really nice sort of infinity flow, which is for every time somebody gives something to me, I give something in return to a humanitarian project uh, that is going to bring water to a family, that's going to educate uh, a woman in Africa or Cambodia so they don't have to uh, sell their children into the sex slave trade or to give um, sustainable education for a whole year for a woman in, again, Africa uh, or Cambodia that is uh, looking to bring their business up into a level where they can sustain their family and their village. So, again, that prevents them, lets the girls go to school. They don't have to stay at home and help mum, but also it prevents the very poor areas where they sell their children into the sex slave trade. So by me impacting, let's say, a thousand entrepreneurs, getting them, getting their social enterprises monetized, and their, you know their social businesses up and running and, and making a lot of money, the impact they have ripples out to, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. But the give back that I do also ripples out to a million people because of the way that it's structured. How amazing. How amazing is that? Wow. So the way that people can help you do good in the world is just sign up for your programs. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Let's set 
it to a website. Let's just send it to a website right now. Okay, um, we are going to do that and more today. But um, I want to talk to you about, you know, what it is that people really come to you for. Because I'm a socialpreneur, and you know, I really want to impact the world. And I know what my purpose is. But so many people probably come to you, Nicola, and they go, "I want to, I want to do good in the world, but I don't know." how or don't know what I should be doing or I don't know what my calling is is that like the number one thing people say to you or is it about money no no that is the number one thing the number one thing is um what am I here to do really like what what is it that I'm really here to do and how how do I do that yeah for for most people the money's sort of secondary or even tertiary it's first of all it's how uh, what am I really here to do? How do I do that? And then what's coming up a lot is can I do it? Ah. And, like can I do it? Like is it possible for me to have a business based on my calling, based on my purpose mm-hmm. that will sustain my family, sustain my lifestyle and then give back? Can I actually do that? Wow. Well, of course the answer is yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> especially yeah, especially if you get help. You know, like I, yeah. I got help every step of the way for where I am today. How so? How do you help people find their purpose? Like, what is the the first thing that people need to do to get clarity on that? I think the first thing that that people need to do is to actually stop denying what's coming through. Anyway, I mean, ninety nine point nine percent of the time that I'm working with people, they come to me saying, oh, I have no clue or I've got a vague idea, but I'm not quite sure of the details. When I feed back to them through the process of looking at all the clues that are being delivered to them from universe, from their soul, from, you know, just life itself, um, and, and they'll say, oh, yeah, but that's what I always wanted to do. I didn't think it was that because I didn't think anybody would pay me to do that or I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't think I was qualified enough. So the mind's disqualifying the guidance that's coming and there's not a confidence in that. So basically what I do is I help them find that confidence and, and, and shine the light on all the clues that are there right now, dig a bit deeper, put all the details together, feed it back, here's the vision, and make sure that they connect to it because the connection is where the action will happen. If you don't yeah. connect, then you won't take the action. So it's almost like holding the faith for them until they can believe in it themselves. Absolutely, yeah, and shining the light on what they've turned the light off to you mm-hmm. usually. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no, here it is. And they go, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Now, are, are people, is it like like totally varied or are there a lot of similarities in what people want to do or their purposes? I mean, it's not just I want to do good things in the world. So what kind, what kind of things are people, you know, doing or looking at doing? Yeah, I think well, there's layers to that, uh, to the answer to that question. And I think yeah. first, firstly, and this happened like in my business in 2012, people started coming to me asking me very different questions. They went from, you know, how do I get more sales in my business? You know, are my team, you know, sort of cheating on me or what have you? To how am I here to contribute? What am I really here to do? So there's been this mass awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why there's so many people out there talking about purpose. And so the, the first layer is is really about the, um, the what is it, the what. So yeah. pretty much everybody's saying, I want to contribute more. I want to help people. I want to help the planet. I want to help animals. So at that level, purpose around helping, like being a, being mm-hmm. a contributor, that's kind of general. 
But the, but where it gets very varied is in the how. Mm-hmm. How do I do that? So, like, I work collaboratively with other people that teach purpose because yep. they have a different angle on it and they have a little piece of the pie because you can't, you can't teach every piece of the pie because there's not enough time in the day. So we all have our unique angle and our uniqueness to bring to the table, no matter what it is. So that's where we don't actually need to go into competition and that there is no competition at that level. There's just a whole lot of people we can collaborate with. So there's, yeah. a, great, there's a great variety in that how am I going to do that part of my purpose. Now, is there, um, have you found that there's a certain age group that's coming to you right now? Um, the majority of the people coming to me are from 35 to 55, and then there'll, there'll be some people 55 to 70. I've had a 70-year-old man feel like he wants to contribute and start a business. <laughs> yeah, know, he's retired. Uh, and, and more and more young people, in fact, millennials are really? the generation. Yeah, millennials are the generation like no other generation that are starting businesses to make a social or an environmental impact. 80% of them going into business are doing so with that idea in mind. Whereas people, especially uh, the baby boomer generation uh, in the 50s and are looking at creating a social enterprise or a not-for-profit. And I teach them how to actually go into the for-profit because they'll make a bigger impact that way. And, you know, as funds dry up, and you know, governments spend give less money as corporations sure. as downsizing and giving less money. It's more and more important to uh, to become profitable in your social enterprise. So, I'm interested though. I'm I'm really curious. The are, are there some really like really interesting purposes that we don't normally think of? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. For sure, like I'm working with, I'm working with a couple of people that have got some, uh, lots of people uh, who've got some fantastic uh, missions. But uh, two that come to mind as soon as you said that is a woman who's starting the Animal Lovers Kingdom, helping um, in a for-profit sector, helping not-for-profits and animal lovers um, that that are all about taking care of our animals come together in a really big way, so that there's a vortex or a, a portal for for not-for-profits to find their audience and to find donations where okay. where animal lovers can come and really feel like they're participating in saving the animals of the world and, and bringing about um, education on how animals actually help us raise our consciousness. So if anybody's interested in raising your consciousness, you know, this is going to be a portal that that will help um, help that through animals. So it's, it's going to be a, a fantastic uh, project that's sort of all, already underway. Uh, and then there's somebody else that I'm working with who is looking at a completely different kind of give back in the financial world, creating financial products that instead of just give dividends in the form of money, give dividends in the form of social impact as well. Like you're doing. Yes, yes. Nice. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It and, is. I, and you can do both. I mean, you can do both. You're doing both. You're making money and you're giving money and you're yes. giving, you know, things out. And I think that that's, that has to be the best blend, you know, the best of both worlds because everybody needs money to survive. Uh, there is no lack of abundance in the world. And, but there, you know, there are those who are in need in the world. And so, you know, this is like the best way. Like if you have a social yes. enterprise, 
you know, you've got to look up this mission mentor. <laughs> <laughs> you got you to go, Nicola, help. We are going to go to commercial break in, in just 30 seconds or so. Uh, but when we come back, there's going to be a lot more Nicola Grace. She's got so much to teach and so much to tell. And what a trooper, again, she is at 6 a.m. down under. And here she is with us. We, we just grabbed her out of bed and said, get on the phone, Nicola. Get here. People want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> Isn't she awesome? I just love her. Okay, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Get a drink. Come back. We'll see you in a moment. Don't stop. That's right. Don't stop listening. Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso will continue right after these messages. Stop. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Did you know that the average teenager drinks twice as much soda as milk? Since 1983, sugar consumption in the U.S. is up 28%. Why is that? There are several reasons, but one of the most common is soft drinks. 20-ounce beverages have become the norm, and it's not surprising to find that 43% of our sugar comes from drinks. Sugar is blamed for poor nutritional diets. USDA data shows that people whose diets are high in added sugar eat less calcium, fiber, iron, protein, and many other important nutrients. Fat-free foods are also a culprit. Since sugar is fat-free, many people tend to think it's okay to eat as much as they want. Remember that just because a food is fat-free does not mean that it's calorie-free also. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. This is the Tokinet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. It's words you never heard. Did you ever wonder about the origin of Murphy's Law? You know the maxim that if anything can go wrong, it will. Murphy's Law was named after Captain Edward A. Murphy, an engineer working at Edwards Air Force Base in 1949. Captain Murphy was working on a project designed to measure how much sudden deceleration a human could stand in a crash. After discovering a transducer constructed for the experiment was wired wrong, Murphy squabashed the technician responsible by exclaiming, If there's any way to do it wrong, you'll find it. In other words, circumvent mistakes and miscabobbles before they happen. Aerospace manufacturers began quoting Murphy's Law to their engineers, and soon it became an eponym. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. And we're back with our wonderful guest, Nicola Grace. And Nicola, you have so much stuff on the go, but I read something and I find it just so incredibly intriguing that you credit your phenomenal success to seven habits, 10 strategies, 12 laws of nature that work synergistically to overcome formidable obstacles against all odds. (laughs) You've been at my website. (laughs) I have been at your website. You didn't give me anything else. I have to, I have to look you up, girl. Yeah. So what is that? Seven seven strategies, ten or seven uh, habits and ten strategies and twelve laws. How does that work? Yeah. 
it, it kind of starts with the laws of nature. Like I um, have spent a good part of my life studying Buckminster Fuller and he talks a lot about generalized principles and that when we align to these generalized principles, we have flow. And gen the generalized principles he's talking about are literally the laws of physics or the laws of nature. So there's a lot of talk, uh, you know, in the past five, six, seven years about the secret, the law of attraction and how, you know, when we have this vibrational match to what it is we want, we can attract to us that which we want. And that's, that's kind of like one part of the law. There's lots of other laws of physics that when we align our strategies to and when we align the way we live to, we can we can flow. We have, we have the giving and the receiving and balance just like the ocean. You know, the tide goes in, the tide goes out, but there's always an abundance. You know, when the tide goes out with the ocean, the ocean is still there. With humanity, when the tide goes out financially, there's nothing there, right? Yeah. So we haven't quite, we're out of balance there. So there's all these different laws. Like let's look at the law of gravity. The law of gravity is all about making sure that you've got enough mass to be able to attract to you that which you want. So that mass is your thought mass, your physical vibration mass, you know, like is your body vibrating at a, at a really good level or is it, is it um, smacked down with toxins and illness and what have you. Um, and then what the mass that you do, what you do out there in the world, the marketing that you've got out there. And that, that was the major law that I used when I was working with the natural health industry in New Zealand to, um, to save them from legislation that was pretty much going to shut them down. And um, I just knew that we just need to have the mass on our side. And then there are other laws like, you know, the laws of growth. Every time you set something in motion, you've got 17 seconds to add to the positivity of that or the negativity of that. So if you start something in motion with a negative thought, you need to turn it around really immediately by replacing it with positive thoughts for, you know, for uh, 17 seconds minimum yep. in order for the law of growth to start growing what it is that you're thinking about. Another one is the law of synergy, making sure that, you know, and this is the really big one with the law, um, when you work with the law of purpose, everything has a purpose. The law of synergy is where results happen greater than the effort that you put out because of the sum of the parts so I see a lot of people who have a general idea about what their purpose is but not the nitty-gritty details of the life mission the challenges the you know the direction the niche the the messages they're here to deliver all of those details come together to synergize so all of those parts add up to something more than just adding them together if that makes sense so synergy yeah. is all about greater results with less effort um, and and so all of my strategies make sure that they don't go against any laws of nature. They actually work in harmony with them. So we've got that leverage in what it is that we that we're doing. Because as change makers, we do face some pretty big odds, uh, especially you know if you're a pioneer in an area that that's a, that's very new. There's always going to be that resistance to change, and often for some people, there's regulations that are in the way, or you know the natural health industry is a really big example of that, or um, or uncompetitive, you know, anti-competitive corporations getting in the way, and and so the laws of nature are what help us um, have that extra leverage. And um, the strategies are, I just the strategies that I put together are all working in harmony with those ah, okay so people can um 
can find out about these in books. I know that there, you know, there's lots of different places that you can read about the the twelve laws of nature. Uh, you can read about the law of attraction. You can read about, you know, all these different natural laws. They're they're there. Is there is there one book? Did you have a book or anything that explains all of this? I have a book in progress that's got everything in it. My other okay. book, um, just, just discover what you're here to do and right mission, right money, um, is has part of them but not the whole whole lot out I'm still um, working on putting all of those together but if you if you uh, we're going to have a link can't we to where they come to my webinar I start talking about some of those laws yeah right so you you um, you, you actually have a bunch of webinars coming up mm-hmm. and we are going to um, tell everybody about that well I'll tell them about it during the show but we but after the show, you can come and and click a link and and you know go directly into uh, all the information for the show. We're going to let you do that after um, after the show is published. But let's talk a moment. Um, I because I love this the idea incubation for social entrepreneurs and social innovators. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. the idea of an idea incubation. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess you do. Um, but you know, if I was. Is this a place where, where I collaborate with other people who are having ideas and just brainstorm all day? Like, what is this? Yeah, the idea incubation is just basically renting my visionary psychic intuitive skills uh-huh. and business and business acumen to to incubate your ideas. So people will come to me where they've got a vague idea of what it is they want to do, but they're not quite sure how they want to um how, how it's all going to come together or the, the formation of the idea itself. So they need the details of the idea to, to be able to actually act so they don't know enough of the idea. So what we do is we just sit and work through the layers. Um, I do a lot of soul-searching, self-discovery work with people because uh-huh. I, I think the more I can help people pull it out from within their soul, the more they'll connect with it and the more excited they'll get, the more passionate they'll get, and that's going to be the fuel that will make them take the action. Because you can you can idea incubate, and I've done this with a lot of people where we've had fantastic ideas that would make a really big difference in the world and they've never taken action on it and that just breaks my heart and a lot of it is just because of the lack of confidence mm. oh, yeah uh, mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate um, that people lack confidence and, and but it's good that they have people like you so they can hire you out um, so is the, is the idea incubation uh, is it like a one hour two hour or a month long with you like how how would people hire I mean first of all let's go to nicolagrace.com you can find out more about her there how would people hire you for that what would um, that look like yeah, well, it just depends on what the idea is. So the very first thing people do is they'll book a discovery chat with me so I can talk to them about where they're at in that process. And then and then there's lots of different ways that they can work with me. I do idea incubations over a day if they're per, you know, for very, very busy people um, so that we get it done and dusted in a day. There are others um, um, for you know that can do a lot of the idea incubation sort of through home self-studies program that I've got. My Right Mission, Right Money is the idea incubation of getting every single little detail together of your foundation and your structure of your idea and your business model ready for market. Uh, or I've got group mentoring programs and then I've got the personal one-on-one that we do over a period of six weeks. So we get we, we get that foundation built and that structure built and, as I said, all those details um, known and written down and articulated and and uh, ready, ready to rock and roll. And I find that you, I, 
it's really good to have those various different ways because different entrepreneurs at different stages need different things. Like, you know, especially, especially, you know, people who've done a lot of personal development, who have been very successful already, they don't have six weeks. They just want to, you know, they just, so, so a day works really well. Like you're doing a VIP day works really well for those people. But then there are others that obviously financially that's not possible. So it works really well to do either the home study or the group. And then there are those that prefer, you know, just time. They want to savor every moment and they just want it to unfold. And, you know, they're a little bit, you know, a little bit time challenged. So they just want to do it piece by piece. And so, you know, working with me privately over six weeks works better for them. So, you know, there's something for every personality. (laughs) I really love the idea um, of people using business as a force for good. I mean, that, that, you know, why I started the, the good radio network and, and, and I love that it's, it's, you know, your, your, your focus of business is helping people do that, become a force of good. Because there's so much negativity in the world, but people think that there's so much negativity that there's no positivity. But I think you and I both know that there's a crap load of positivity. It's just that people tend to speak about the bad rather than the good. That's true. And I think the media does a really good job at brainwashing us into thinking that there's a whole lot of evil in the world and there's not enough good. And and there are statistics on the fact that that's actually not true. I mean, last year, Elderman Trust Barometer do a survey of the global uh, consumer population every single year. They noticed in 2013, this idea of purpose started creeping in. Mm -hmm. And then in, um, in 2016, when they surveyed they found that we were at tipping point on this idea of purpose and social good being something that's the top of mind awareness consideration when people spend money. So when somebody's looking to buy something, they're thinking, am I contributing to the greater good by buying from this company versus another company or one person versus another? And is there a greater sense of purpose? So that means in our business models, and this is this is what I really specialize in, we need to add social capital in the exchange. So we can't just exchange goods and services for money anymore because the mindset of the consumer is I also want to feel like I'm contributing right. through this purchase. Yeah. I mean, I, I've noticed that a lot of companies, they forget or maybe it's not as important to them. Somebody said you have to have a corporate responsibility program and they do, mm-hmm. but they don't highlight it enough. And I know that I specifically will buy products and services from people who have a program. You know, if I mm-hmm. know that I'm going to buy a pair of shoes and Tom's going to send another pair of shoes or like for myself as an artist, if I'm going to paint a picture and somebody's going to get cleft palate surgery because of it, I'm going to go there. I'm going to do that. Yes, you are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But they don't highlight yeah. it enough. They We're don't. Go and Anita, commercial break in a, in, a, in a minute. But go ahead. I was just going to say, let, let, let's talk about Anita Roddick when we come back. Because yeah. she, ma- she mastered the idea of, um, you know, a billion dollar company based on feeling good. Oh, I like that. A billion dollar company. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, the Body Shop. Body Shop was a billion That's dollar right. company, and people yeah. purchased from them because they felt good from purchasing for them because they were going to be contributing to saving the rainforests. Yeah, yeah, I love that idea. We'll talk a bit more about her when we get back. We are going to go to a commercial break. If you uh, need to have a cup of coffee to perk you up or a cup of tea, wherever you are, go away, do that, have a bio break, but please come back. We have more Nicola Grace with us. Just a moment. 
Stop. That's right. Don't stop listening. Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso will continue right after these messages. Stop. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. Can regular exercise fend off the common cold? The British Journal of Sports Medicine published a report that found that the frequency of colds among people who exercised five or more days a week was up to 46% less than those who exercised only one day or less each week. In addition, the number of days people suffered cold symptoms was 41% lower among those who were physically active for five or more days a week compared to the largely sedentary group. The group that felt the fittest also experienced 34% fewer days of cold symptoms. Exercise activates the immune system at a higher rate than normal and causes immune cells to attack viruses. So keep your exercise up and the common cold and other sicknesses away. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. It's Marching need larger parking spaces? The owners of the Togla Rest Stop in southeastern China think so. They have created a number of parking spaces that are 50% larger, designated for female drivers, with the international symbol for women and outlined in pink. When asked by a Chinese newspaper why they felt the need to enlarge the parking spaces for women drivers, a lot manager explained that they observed female drivers having a difficult time parking, which slowed down the order of traffic. I admit I'm a bit of a baby bummel or bungler when it comes to parking, but is this really necessary? Actually, I was complimented on my parking the other day. Someone left a note that said, Parking? Fine! I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. You're listening to Mission Unstoppable Radio. I am your host, Frankie Picasso, and today my guest is Nicola Grace uh, from NicolaGrace.com. Before we went to break, Nicola, we were... um, speaking about uh, the body shop and about a business that a billion dollar business. Why don't you, why don't you take us to Anita and her story? Yeah, well, Anita wanted to, she was, she was really the big um, multi-millionaire activist entrepreneur. And then obviously went to billionaire with the body shop because it franchised uh, internationally. And her whole idea was is that I wanted to raise funds and raise awareness to saving the rainforest, but I also need to pay my bills, <laughs> yeah, <we laughs> which is where a lot of people are at, right? We, were, <laughs> we want to yeah. make a difference, but we've also got to pay our bills. And so in creating these products, the beauty products, that were at that time all natural, they're not so natural now, they've got quite a lot of perfumes and chemicals in them, Um it was it was raising awareness to do that, and when it franchised, she got to raise even more awareness, and then she had the the money to to start campaigning and doing all sorts of different things. So the idea of social capital in the body shop is that you felt good buying your beauty products from the body shop. So when you exchanged your money, you didn't just get your product; you got a feeling of contributing to the greater good. And this is where um, we're moving beyond just having a social give back program to needing to actually have the feel good 
in the exchange. And she did that really beautifully. And she's a, she was a master at it. That idea was, you know, was, was really revolutionary at the time. That is, it, it's, it's amazing. I, I know, you know, there's lots of companies, many companies today who, you know, like Lush, who similar to Body Shop, I think, uh, but you can choose what you want. You know, when you buy a product there, you can choose what it is that you want them to uh, give their money to. And, and that's nice, nice to have that power as well, right? Mm-hmm. As a consumer, I want it to go to this or I want it to go to that. And, yeah. and that's really good. You get to think about, you know, what it is in the world you want to change. Um, and, it, and it's really interesting because, like, I see this on your website and I have it on my website. And, like, I, I think that there's what I call the world consciousness pool. And there's, that's where all the ideas live. And we can all tap into it. Uh, except some people run with them and other people just sit with them. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And yeah. I think that's, that's kind of the difference. And mm-hmm. the, the idea that, um, you know, I wish somebody would do something. Gee, I wish somebody would do something about that. You know, people sit at home all the time and, and look at their televisions and go, man, somebody should fix that. Somebody, I wish somebody would, you know, yes. save this yeah. or do that. And yet it's, they don't get off their butt and do it. Like, is it because they think somebody else, they're not a somebody? You know, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> You're a somebody. Yeah, Go yeah. Look, I think, yeah, absolutely. I think, I, you know, I don't know what it is exactly, but it would be a contributing factor. I, I think the way that we, uh, and this is me getting a little bit political here, but the way we've structured our political system, you know, whether we were in monarchies or now that we've got governments uh, based on ideologies, it's still pretty much a nanny state where a lot of stuff is done for us by the government. Mm-hmm. And so we um, we expect them to fix things. Like they go out and fix things without enrolling us or asking us, Right. So right. so we've got this idea that things getting fixed is away from us and we have no participation in that. So I think that I think that's a big part of it. And then the other big part of it is going to school. We groom to play small and fit into the system rather than to be entrepreneurial. And 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 then, you know, then there's the individual level where, you know, you may have had a difficult childhood or you didn't get encouraged at school or by your parents so you don't feel like you have any value or you've got any worth worthiness and then there's just plain laziness you know people being lazy and and the the unfortunate thing about it is that we're going to need to be more resourceful and more entrepreneurial whether you have a job or not because we're moving into you know i hate to say this over and over again but we're moving into the revolution of ai and, and robots 10 million job titles are going and wow. they, will never, they will never return no matter who the president is. Mm-hmm. They're going because they're being replaced by technology. So 10 million job titles means tens of millions of people without work until they re-educate themselves into the new economy and the new jobs that are there. Um, and there's going to be less and less jobs because more and more are going to be done by AI. Right. So, so that is, you know, you can look at that as being a disaster or opportunity. So that that is the number one reason why I think everybody needs to start a business. And if you've got a job, make it a part-time business because it might end up being your full-time job. It might have to be. And not wait to, to, to go, oh, well, let me just wait and see how this pans out. It's like, no, don't wait, move now. Right. Because 
businesses, as you know, take a while before they're profitable and before they can sustain your lifestyle. Absolutely. So you don't put it, you don't put anything off. You move now because AI is moving at a rapid rate. I mean, just in my business alone, I've got two apps that are doing so much for me that I I no longer have to hire somebody to do something for me because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the app's doing it right. Yeah, yeah, and. And, uh, and that's happening, across, and I'm, you know, like I just, I, I have a small team. I don't have a big business. I'm a small, small enterprise. So that's happening across the board. So I actually see it as an opportunity for finally, we don't have to do work we no longer like. We don't have to be in businesses we no longer like. There are so many problems out there. There are so many people that need help that it is a huge opportunity to idea incubate what is your contribution to the planet and how do we monetize that so that you can build a sustainable business and you know take care of your family, take care of your community and then give back in a meaningful way. Wow, I love that. I think, yeah, you're right on the money. And and so if you are listening to Nicola, if you're listening to this show right now, you know, begin to dream. Begin to dream about what is it that I've always wanted to be and do? What is it? Where where's my talent lie? What's my purpose? What am I driven? Who do who is it I want to help right now? You know, who am I drawn to? And, you know, you can start by modeling good behavior. You can start by looking at people who are doing it. Look them up. And then you've got a program to choose your niche so it aligns with your purpose. And, you know, you're helping people find their purpose. But maybe, you know, there's a bunch of us that have that same purpose. Uh, now we're going to niche it. Now we're going to niche it so that you you have your – you get to shine in the world in your own way. That you, I'm writing that down. Those were great words. <laughs> Choose your niche so it aligns with your purpose. You Americans are amazing. You, you, you're so to the point and straight. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, my goodness. I'm New Zealand, so people author. call me Aussies. I know what that's all right. Yeah. I should have said North Americans. There you go. There you go. It's okay. The station's in America. But, you know, I, I think that, that that's it. People, you know, they don't understand the, the idea of niche. And me, I love, you know, niche marketing, a boutique, you know, a niche boutique or whatever. Like it's, it's, it's exciting to come up with your own spin that's just, you know, fits you to a T uh, on, on something that other people are doing, you know? Absolutely. And, and I mean, I call my business a boutique business because it's very, it's, it's very focused on a certain type of person and values. Mm-hmm. And that's what I help people do. I help them really find out what those values are at the core level that need to be met and let's build your business around that and then find the people that share those values because that's the best niche for you to be in because when you're working with people with a common, like a common vision and a common value system, you're more fulfilled. You love working with people like that. It's not a chore and and you make a bigger impact as well. So I've, I've found working, you know, when I'm looking at people's blueprints in terms of what they're really here to do and how they're here to contribute, I'm seeing that there is a certain type of person or let's call it a soul group that shares values that you prosper in. And so it's niching from the inside out rather than going, where would I make money? And a lot of people, especially people in the coaching and the transformation industry, focus on niching based on, you know, where, where's the glutton of people that I can make the most money with rather than 
where where is the boutique of people that I can serve very deeply and and still make a lot of money. Wow, that's a very interesting statement that you made there. It's interesting to me because as a coach, the first thing I, I, I start with with anybody is what do you value? What are your values? And nice. many, many people do not know what they are. And they, they do not know what they are. And I find that so interesting because like you, you know, so wisely said, if you work in alignment with your values or shop in alignment with your values, you're a lot happier person. You know, if your job is in alignment with your values, uh, the people you hang out with, then you are definitely going to be a lot, you know, happier. So the first thing to find out is your value. But the interesting thing I think that you said, and, and we got three minutes to our next break, is that many, that there's a core group of values that people who make impact in the world, that make money, I think that's what you said, make money mm-hmm. and have most impact, share what, what values might they be? With my group, it's most definitely contribution. Needed, okay. you know, a, a feeling of contribution. Um, seeing transformation. Transformation is a huge value with my group. Reward is a value, but it's not a top value. It's like it comes a little bit further down. And I actually help people bring reward up to the top because you can't get rewarded unless you really value it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and, then, um, and then the other one is innovation. Uh, yeah. inspiration, creativity. Yeah. Yeah. Those are like my, that's like my number one. Well, I, I need creativity and flexibility and generosity and kindness. I think those are love or, you know, or top values uh, for me. Yeah. And, and I, so I'm, you know, that's probably why I'm sitting where I am. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So we have those common values. Freedom and, and, is another one. Freedom, yeah, freedom and flexibility are the the two that round out my top five, really. And I think that that's really important to be flexible um, and not be rigid, especially in this industry of transformation. And and you know, freedom is my number one. And when I think of you know, I have a new um, group that is starting, and it's ba- it's all based on freedom. You know, I want people in the world to be free to be themselves and act as themselves and be free to be educated or be sexual or, or find a life partner that they want or just all those freedoms that, you know, I take for granted. I want other people to be free to choose as well. And yeah. I think that's, that's huge for me anyway. Um, it is huge. Just, yeah, go ahead. We'll, we'll talk about it over the break, but it's, yeah. it's huge considering that is the soul's desire. The soul's desire is to have that freedom to express and evolve how it wants to. Yeah, I think it's really important. We are going to go to a break. Um, Nicola Grace will be with us when we come back. Don't worry about that. Meantime, go to her website. Check her out, nicolagrace.com. You can find her on Facebook. There's Nicola Grace TV we're going to talk about. There's all kinds of Nicola. She's showing up everywhere in the world right now, (laughs) and it's wonderful. Stick around. We will be back. It's Mission Unstoppable Radio. Again, I'm your host, Frankie Picasso. Stay tuned. That's right. Don't stop listening. Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso will continue right after these messages. Stop. It's words you never heard. We have a book titled The Art of Doing Nothing by Veronica Bien in our guest room by the bed. I'm telling you, this book is an impossible challenge. In the state of Maine, it's said that someone who bottoms chairs for a living is lazy. 
presumably because one's bottom is perpetually in the chair. To sozzle means to laze around or perform a task in a sloppy way. The word is mainly found in New England. A quote from 1848 describes the term as used by housekeepers in certain parts of Connecticut to refer to a lazy person. Other words for lazy people are abbey lubbers, scabberlatchers, and slaughter pooches. To me, the ultimate lolly is someone who is too lazy to even fake like they're working. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. One of the supreme advantages I had by growing up in the Pacific Northwest was the abundance of apples. I love apples, whether they're Granny Smith, Macintosh, Gala, or Red Delicious. And at only 55 calories per small apple, they are a fabulous tool for weight loss. Apples pack 3 grams of fiber and help you feel fuller longer. Because the fiber expands in your stomach, so it takes less food to satisfy your hunger. They are easy to take with you, so you can enjoy the flavor of apples anywhere, anytime. Discovery Health calls apples a jewel of healthy eating. They are loaded with vitamin C and other antioxidants. Regardless of the type of apple you prefer, apples are a perfect addition to your weight loss plan. So grab an apple every time you head out the door and enjoy this fabulous fruit. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Yeah, it's Mission Unstoppable. We're still on our mission with Nicola Grace and uh, a lot of the good conversations happen off air and we were talking about the idea of freedom and freedom, you know, oftentimes equals fear. And Nicola brought up a great quote and let's let's explore it for a moment, Nicola. What you want to read it again? Yeah, we were talking about the Nelson Mandela's inaugural address. His first two lines in it were, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. And what I see all the time when I have people sitting in front of me, whether it's on Skype, Zoom, or actually physically in front of me in, in the workshops that I do, I see the light come on when they see the big vision their their soul has for them, the big life their soul wants them to live so that they can fulfill their, you know, their purpose and 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 evolve. And then I see the fear come in mm. and the light turn off. And then the oh yeah, but no, that's not it. You can't be right. That's that that can't be it can't be me that does that. Who am I to do that? And, and, you know, you ask the question, why are we afraid of our light? Why are we so afraid of how powerful we are? You know, I mean, it's, we could, that's another rabbit hole we could go down. But it's, it's a very real thing. But, he's, you know, the last sentence I love in this, in this um, speech that he gave was, as, as we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're doing that every day. Every day you're liberating other people. And I, I get it in a way, you know, the, the light, how, how afraid you might be of how powerful you could be. Because in some ways, you know, my experience, people fear three things. They, they fear change, they fear fear, and they fear success. And if you're mm-hmm. going to be a brilliant light in the world, um, you might fear that you're a one-trick wonder. You might fear that 
you know, you can't sustain it. You might fear too much work. I don't know if I'm, you know, capable of that. Yeah. You're asking too much from me. Yeah. Realizing that nobody's asking anything from them. (laughs) They're doing it themselves. Yeah, that's a that is a that is a real real thing. And the other the other part of it too is you know that you um the you, the fear comes up and it overrides you, but it's always it, it's always based on some thinking that you've got going on. So there's you know there's these sayings, money is evil, and so people fear making lots of money, and then power corrupts. So you fear being powerful because you think you might get corrupted. Yeah. And you, you just need to understand those are just ideas and all ideas can be dissolved. You don't have to hold on to ideas. You can let them go. Right. So when so when you realize, and this is one of the reasons, one of my biggest affirmations is I only use my power and money as a force for good in the world. I only ever use money as a force for good in the world. I only ever use my power as a force for good in the world because I know somewhere in the psyche of myself or my ancestral brain because of my ancestors and what they've thought. And then if you want to go down the past life track, you can do that too. Somewhere along the line, there's been abuse of power, and there still is abuse of power. So you think of power in terms of, oh, it's corrupting, it's abusive, it's it's a negative thing. You don't think of it as a positive thing. So I turn it around with that affirmation. I only use my power as a force for good in the world. I only use my money as a force for good in the world. I love that. Yeah, mm. because in our belief system, you know, in, in coaching terms, we have what we call underlying automatic commitments. And so on, on the surface, you say, geez, I want to make a million dollars and give it away to charity. Um, but your belief system is that if to, you'll never make a million dollars, that you can't make a million dollars, that money's bad, that, you know, your parents mm. said people with money are, are assholes or whatever it is that they mm. say at the dinner table. And so that went into your belief system. And with you knowing it or not, because it doesn't matter in your subconscious, your subconscious knows that that's what you believe. And yeah. once you recognize that belief, then you can change it. But what Nicola has done is she's changed that nerve pathway um, from going to her her negative. Um, instead, it goes to her positive that money is used for the force of good. Money's always good. I use it only for good. It does wonderful things in the world. And so she can attract money in a wonderful, kind, generous way uh, because she knows that, that it's not going to be a, a, a weapon of harm or a tool of harm. It, it's something for good. And that's great. Yeah. Affirmations are wonderful. I think, it, I think it's um, really important to co- constantly affirm the, the positive. You know, like yeah. that in and of itself can, can shift your vibration and shift. And there's a lot of other things that you need to do as well too, but that's just one strategy. And, and keeping on going in those, you know, on those rampages of positive thinking has made a huge difference in my life, and uh, and you know, and, and made a huge difference in a lot of other people's lives. And I think it's really important to get it that we need to bring light to the systems that we don't like. I know that um, you know that we look at the trajectory of the greed that's happening in the world and the trajectory of the level of consciousness, and they're both growing. You know, less and less and less people have more and more and more of the money and are getting more and more and more greedy. Corporations are becoming so anti-competitive that they're just completely greedy. And then, and then we've got this consciousness on the other hand, and all of the consciousness people don't want to have a bar of the monetary system. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. And and so I'm going, well, hang on a second. Nature abhors a vacuum. And I don't think we should be creating a vacuum by abandoning ship. I think we should be getting in there and lighting up from within with a new with a new purpose. It's like, okay, great. We'll come in and this is what I actually see is happening in the world. 
We come from the inside out. We light up from our purpose. We bring our purpose out into the world. That becomes the way we make our money, and that is going to change the way money is made, and therefore it's going to change the monetary system. And I do see that eventually, I don't know if it's going to happen in my lifetime, but eventually we will move out of a reciprocity um, system. Mm-hmm. And purpose, purpose is the first way that that's going to start happening. happen is you wake up and you go, oh, I really want to do this and I feel called to do this. And then so jobs get done, right, and all the bad mm-hmm. jobs and now and the horrible jobs are getting done by the robots. So now you're just in this innovative, creative space and you're doing it for the love of it. You don't need money and if you don't need to buy, you know, pay for your energy and all of that kind of thing, you know, I mean, I'm getting way out there. Um then, you know, then we don't need that reciprocity. But for now, we do because that's the system that right. we've got. But I, I feel that bringing purpose into the monetary system is what will ultimately shift it. I, I, I totally agree. What an amazing, you know, way to leave a legacy for the world, to, to light the way for, you know, humanity to have a different outcome. And, you know, it, it's really about options. What kind of world mm-hmm. do you want? You know, do you want the one where you're sitting at home scratching your head going, geez, the robot just took my job? Or do you want one where you say, oh, now I get to do the things I really wanted to do. I don't Love. have to do that horrible job anymore. Ex- exactly. Yep. Exactly. It's yes. really about, you know, how you position your thought. And, you know, when you talked about changing your thought, the 17 seconds, um, it's really important because, you know, that thought might creep into your head oh my God, I'll never get a job. I don't know how to start my own job. Um, you better turn that one around. And one of the things that I have found to be very useful um, to change it, your thought is to have a really happy thought in your pocket, one that you know is always going to make you feel good. You know, So maybe yeah. it's that puppy you got at Christmas and you just love your puppy, you love them, love them, love them, love them, and you think about that love for 17 seconds, boom, You know, have a new thought. <laughs> erase the old, erase, 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 you know, and have your new thought. And like, that's important because you don't want to be sitting there with the thought, I can't. You need to be sitting there with the thought that I can. Yes. Yeah. And and not only that I can, but I will. Yeah, I will. Yeah. The, yeah. Using the will and the will forces is really powerful. I will. I remember when I was when I was uh, working with the natural health industry. I mean, obviously, when you do anything political, there's a lot of stuff that comes back at you. And I had an affirmation that was given to me that, that I just love, and it's uh, no arrow against me shall prosper, but I will prosper. No arrow against me shall prosper, but I will prosper. And nice. I could feel the energy of I will prosper come up. Uh-huh come up and this was one of my strategies one of my seven strategies is like you, you attend to that inner the inner game I will prosper now the only reason that I could say that affirmation and and work is because I was also working in harmony with the law of nature of expansion and that I wasn't encroaching on anybody or infringing on anybody's rights so you can say that affirmation but it's not going to work if you are breaking one of the universal laws which is the infringement on other people's rights at some stage you're going to meet resistance yeah I mean you know even even like you know, you're you're a mission mentor. Like just saying that in front of your name, I'm a mission mentor. That that's you know putting out into the universe what you are. And when I put, I was unstoppable in a hospital for six months. You know that really helped. Like wow. I never thought about it, but then you know years later you're going, yeah, I got out of there and I'm walking and I'm doing this. I did impossible things because I said I was unstoppable. And and wow. so that's a mantra too, just to have you know give mm-hmm. yourself a nickname that you can yeah. use all the time, a positive yeah. one. 
right? Uh, and, yeah. and it doesn't have to be a big mantra. It doesn't have to be, you know, I think I can, I think I can. It can just be, you know, uh, the great, the wonderful, the amazing, the fabulous, the doer, yeah, of I, you know, whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I yeah. can do it. I'm allowed to do it. I will do it. Yeah. So what have you got coming up this weekend? Anything special? Do you have um, a webinar this weekend? Um, I have a webinar and I also actually have a live event in, uh, in on the Gold Coast, beautiful Gold Coast in Australia. Um, but yeah, the, web, the webinar is really all about my, uh, my formula from purpose to profit formula which is my step-by-step guide to getting all those nitty-gritty details of your purpose and your mission defined and articulated and building the foundation of your idea and the structure of it so that you can actually get out there and and, um, start marketing. And I'm finding people who are already sort of on purpose find it really valuable because all of a sudden they get the alignment that gives them the flow because they've had the few missing pieces in their foundation. Okay, so if you come to the Good Radio Network a little bit later after you've listened to the show again, uh, you will be able to click on a link and you can join the webinar or fly to Australia and join her live. <laughs> <laughs> whichever, whichever you got, you know, you got the money to do that, awesome. And if not, you still get to have the beautiful benefit of this wonderful lady, Nicola Grace. You're awesome. I love you. Uh, really, truly. Thank you again. Nicola for coming on the show. Her website is nicolagrace.com, also known as Nikki G in the world. <laughs> Visionary thought leader, mission mentor, you know, uh, strategist, transformation trainer. I love that. And the go-to speaker for change makers and social entrepreneurs. I love that, you know, change makers. What a what a great way to show up in the world. You know, be a change maker, be a social entrepreneur, change the world through, you know, your gifts. And and don't worry about, you know, Nicola will help you worry about the money. Anyway, we're out of time. Nikki, thanks so much for being my guest today. Wherever you are in the world, you know, thank you for joining us. And please come back to Mission Unstoppable again next week. We'll have more amazing guests. We will see you shortly. Bye now. When the chips were down, they didn't stop. Stories of people who, when the odds were against them, turned defeat into victory. You've been listening to Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso. See you next time, and always remember... Don't, 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 don't stop. Global Broadcasting Networks presents...